This is podcast episode number 226. In this episode, training myths that have a tinge of truth. Rethink your snack time with nutritious snacks you may not know about and realistic time management tips. Now, in some news that's uh, semi-related to everything, I'm adding some of the custom jewelry that my daughter and I have designed together to another website I have, which is called jewelryretro.com. And this is actually a site that I set up for the vintage and retro jewelry that my mom had intended to add to her antique business before she passed away. So, of course, I'm going to take all the profits from it and put it into my daughter's college fund because, you know, everybody needs that, right? So if uh, you check out the link, be sure to forward the site to your friends who love all types of jewelry because there's a really, some really neat items there. Um, and there's still a lot more for me to add as far as not only the retro and vintage ones because <laughs> my mom had a lot, um, but also custom and motivational stuff that you've seen at the pro shop. Some of the different jewelry pieces we're actually adding to. We have some strength pendants. Um, we've also got some different types of beads and things that we're adding for accents. So it's really coming along very nicely. Um, now, kind of on the side of websites, in case you ever wonder why the look of my sites change semi-frequently or maybe more than other websites, it's pretty much because I've, I've always wanted to have a home page that has everything there that provides you know easy, to understand links to all my other sites. And that's really proving to be a lot more challenging than I thought. So in the one sense, you know, I'd like to see a little icon and a description and then you click through um, to get to that site. But then on the other hand, I like one of those home pages that has regular content and maybe some rotating stories. And I don't know which one is best for most people. You know, I mean, I have my preferences and you have yours. So what I'd like you to do is, is check out some of the sites, the fitnessmakeover.com and maybe the jewelryretro.com, um, Coach Kira. I mean, all these different sites that I have, and I hate to say this, but there's a lot more out there than you might even know about. Um, but uh, I want you to take a look at them and tell me your thoughts. Would you rather see one homepage that has all the, the links to the sites, like the... Um, exercise library and then the pro shop is a different link and just you know they kind of link just to that one thing instead of being kind of cross-referenced um, or if you like to see the main page is more of like that magazine kind of content where you know articles are changing um, or being added and you're seeing new content regularly so you know you know the drill at this point Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or email, or if I send you an email, which I probably will be doing soon just to kind of update you on some things, then respond to it and just let me know what you think, you know, what you prefer. Maybe one thing with links to all the other sites or one thing that kind of keeps my mind going. I don't know. Maybe even say I really like XYZ site, which could be somebody else's site. That's fine. I mean, just any ideas at all, because you know what? I'll drive myself nuts. And as you've, if you follow me along through the years, you'll see how many times I've changed it. And you know, it's because I can't find the, the one that I think is, well, I hate to say perfect. I'm always looking for the perfect whatever. But I would rather just have the, it's OK, everybody likes it, and it works. So that's one of those things I'm trying to get away from having everything have to be perfect. Of the color of the background of a website where I get so obsessed with finding the right shade that I waste time. I'm trying to do the same thing with everything else and say, okay, you know what? It's, it's okay. It's good. It'll do. 
don't change it. <laughs> so eventually we're going to get to that point where everything stays the same. All right? So your feedback always helps me. So look for an email from me soon. Give me your honest input, suggestions, whatever you want to tell me about any of the sites or the podcasts, because you know what? Your input is really helpful. Your feedback is always helpful. And of course, constructive criticism is really, I do really appreciate it um, because it does help me make things better. So I hope to uh, hear from you soon. Now, in motivation, we're going to talk about time management because you know what? Time always seems to be in high demand, and it usually is one of our excuses for not getting our workouts done. Um, I ran out of time. I don't have enough time. Um, I have no time at all. Now, calendars on your computer and your phone, they are fabulous if you use them. And sometimes there's more benefit to planning with paper and pen because when you write something, it's easier for your mind to process it, and it's easier for you to remember so think about the last time you took maybe 10 minutes to plan the rest of your day. So whether it's on the computer or the paper, it's got to be done. So in this section, I'm going to share with you some of the tips that I've learned about time management and what you can do to kind of find more time in the day and to make sure you're more productive. I mean, that's what it's all about. When you're productive, you actually are more motivated to do things. It's this nice little cycle that's actually a good one. You do your to-do list, you check something off, you feel great, you're motivated to do more. Just like when you get little successes in your fitness program. Maybe you get a little bit stronger, you give yourself a, a big yay, and you're motivated to keep working out. Okay, so the first one is, your first tip is to be very aware of the amount of time you spend, whether it's on the computer, TV, internet, gaming, all of that kind of stuff. Now, personally, I, I kind of separate computer with internet and gaming time because the computer can be partly for research or maybe you're writing a book or you know you're working on something so it can be computer internet work and it can be computer internet play now i never got into the gaming thing online i don't really ever get much time to watch tv so that's kind of out of it for me but most of my internet time is work and research and you know what, even with that, I can go browsing to find some information and get off topic and end up, oh, hey, look at that. Oh, this is interesting. And, you know, and it may still be something that pertains to fitness or something that I want to do in the future, but it's not really uh, pertinent to the task at hand. And that's where you kind of need to get that focus back. And it's, it absolutely is one of the biggest drains on our productivity. It's easy, easy for everyone to kind of float around on the internet. I mean, you know, one link after another. So how do you fix this? Well, you become more aware of how much time you spend on these activities. And sometimes just by timing yourself in certain activities, you'll see how much time you spend, and you might be able to change some habits. You might be surprised at how much time is eating away from you, and you say, well, gosh, if I didn't spend that 20 minutes looking at some of those other links that weren't applicable to what I was researching, I would have gained that 20 minutes time. Like anything else, awareness is half the battle. So when you become aware of something, you can change it. And you'll be able to change habits and reduce the amount of time that you waste. Now, this next tip goes right along with that. And it probably should be one and the same. But 
Tip number two is that you set a time limit in which to complete a task. So setting a time limit is going to force you to focus and become more efficient. So even if you don't complete the task, you still have to stop at that specific time. And I'll be honest with you, I know there's plenty of times that I've had the mindset of, you know, I'm going to be here until I get this done. And yet what I find is when I actually stop and say, no, I can't do anymore, I have to go pick up my daughter at school or I have to go here or wherever, and I leave it, when I come back either later that day or whatever, it all comes so much faster and easier whatever I was working on. So it kind of makes me think back, oh, I should have stopped earlier. Um, but you have to give your mind a break. You have to give it a chance to kind of recharge and then it can apply itself even better when you refocus on that particular project. So instead of getting into a certain project or whatever on the computer and thinking, I'm gonna be here until it's done, you know, try changing that, rethinking that line to be, I'm going to work on this for blank amount of time. And then set a timer. Now, yeah, you can use your phone. I mean, I know one of the productivity tips is to turn it all off, turn all your phones off and everything like that and shove them away. But to be quite honest, it's too impossible to do, um, especially if you have kids. You know, you, you always want to make sure you have your phone there in case there's an emergency, right? So use the timer on your phone. It comes, it, they actually come with great timers. If you look at your clock function, you've got countdown timers, you've got alarm clocks, you've got stopwatch, you've got a lot of great tools there. Now, it might be kind of hard at first to pull away when your timer goes off, but like any habit, with perfect practice, it gets easier. And then after the first few times, your mind will start to recognize that this break does it good. And your subconscious mind will say, you know what, this break does me good. I'm not going to be so hesitant next time it happens. And you'll become more productive. So part of it is having that blind faith that, you know what, stopping where I am right now is okay. And telling yourself it's beneficial. And you know what, it's going to make this project go a lot faster and easier. And I know for myself, sometimes I have this little voice in the back of my head that, that says, you know, Stop, stop, forget it, move on. Or if I'm shopping, it'll actually say, get out, get out, because <laughs> um, I'm wasting time or something. But um, I will spend way too much time trying to find the right shade of a color for a background on a website, way more time than I should. And so when I've recognized that, and now when I start to do that, I tell myself, stop, whatever, go back and change it later. And then I move on to the next task. So. Become aware of what you're doing that's eating the time, and then start the habit of changing that. Now, going along with time, um, your next tip is to leave a little bit of a buffer time between tasks. So basically, don't rush from one thing to another. You know, take a few seconds for your brain to kind of clear and reset itself for the next task. Now, it doesn't have to be a whole, you don't have to do a whole meditation process or, you know, anything crazy, but just walk around the room or take a walk outside. Anything that kind of gets your mind off of it, just let it relax, clear, have a sip of water, take a look outside at the beautiful trees and the sky and all that kind of stuff and let your mind kind of reset. And that way, you'll be able to stay focused and motivated. If you're rushing, you know how it is, if you rush, 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 something's going to get compromised. You know, you don't always do your best. So your main 
point is to evaluate and keep track of the time you spend that is unproductive, set your time limit for certain tasks, and stick to those rules that you've made. Leave a time between your tasks for your minds to reset. Now, of course, you know, as I say all of this, I realize I'm guilty of doing the same thing. I don't always follow those rules. But now that I see that, and now that I'm telling you, I'm going to start making some new habits too. Now, in training, we always hear about these different things that seem to be myths, or maybe you didn't even know they were myths, but sometimes they're completely false, and sometimes they are, well, three-quarters false. So let's go ahead and review some of these things that you may or may not know were a little bit of truth uh, as far as training goes. So the first myth that sometimes comes along is that you need um, a stability ball to build a stronger chest and shoulders. I don't know where that came from, but sometimes, you know, these things you never really do know. Now, if your goal is strength and size, you definitely want to focus on your good old-fashioned presses. So that's bench presses, dumbbell presses, um, decline presses, you know, any type of pressing movement is going to really help with strength, and that's what your main area is going to be. And that doesn't say mean to say that you can't do them on a stability ball. It's just that don't be looking for huge strength gains if you are doing them on a stability ball. Now, just like anything, there are positives and negatives to every training exercise, no matter what you do. So with the stability ball, sure, you're going to get some of the extra work through the abdominals and the stabilizer muscles. And it's certainly great for variety and definitely when it comes to shoulders, getting a little more stability into them. But when you're looking for strength, you're gonna be stronger on a nice stable surface. So of course, again, if you're looking for strength gains, and this doesn't mean that you have to be looking to be um, a power lifter. Maybe you just know that, hey, I need to get my chest a little stronger because I was pushing something at work and I just was weak. Um, or you know that you have maybe even just push-ups coming up in some sort of challenge and you want to get your chest stronger. So in those kind of situations, you definitely want to stick to your regular flat bench stable surface presses. And that's not to say don't do dumbbell flies because flies are also part of the chest workouts. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you usually complement the main exercise with. It's just, again, not going to be a huge strength gainer. Now, remember, too, it doesn't mean that you have to push a lot of weight to gain strength. You might need to get through a plateau for your strength or your upper body or even your metabolism, and that means you want to maybe go focus on your flat dumbbell press and get it from, say, 5 pounds up to 10 pounds, and that would take a certain training cycle. But again, if you're looking to get a little bit stronger, focus on your flat bench presses. Now, when you do train on the stability ball, you won't use as much weight as you do on the bench. But remember, you have those kind of added benefits of the stabilizer muscles, and you're mixing it up, and you're you know, avoiding some boredom, and you're definitely giving your chest and shoulders a different way of training so they don't become accustomed to the same old stuff. So you know it's usually mixing it up but just enough that you, your body sees that it's different so it doesn't become dependent on it. Now you know a lot of times people will say well doing I do everything on the stability ball because it trains my abs. Well yeah 
maybe a little bit, but certainly not as much as you would get out of just doing straight stability ball crunches. So, you know, remember, if you want to train your abs, do ab exercises. If you want to train your legs, do leg exercises. Yes, you're going to get some benefits for those smaller stabilizer muscles and the abdominals, but you still want to, you know, get your key exercises in for certain body parts. Now, if you want to get that nice line down your abdominals, then yeah, you're definitely going to have to, well, first of all, watch what you eat. And second of all, focus on your stability ball crunches, making sure you're getting that deep stretch over, and then using the abdominals to pull yourself up, which is not always the easiest thing to teach someone. Uh, but you, what you need to do is just kind of tighten the abdominals and let your body come up from that. So again, that's another way that chest presses on the stability ball would help you with the abdominals because it helps you control them and get used to feeling them. So bottom line for all of this is that if you want strength, then you want to focus on the stable exercises, the staple pressing um, exercises, but you can certainly mix up a regular routine if you're looking for general fitness and health and maybe some shape and tone, then yeah, mix it up. Do some on sometimes flat bench and some on the stability ball, but remember it's your consistency that's going to make the difference. So it's all good. You just got to be consistent. Now the next myth that we're going to go over is some people say always work out with free weights. Now, again, a little bit of truth to that. Now, free weights are by far the, the king of exercise. You know, you can do a lot with them, and they're more close to mimicking your day-to-day -day movements. So that makes more sense to use free weights as much as possible. But sometimes machines can work a little bit better for certain muscles. Uh, for example, let's say that you have an injury and you need to isolate a specific muscle then you might want to use a machine for that. I've found people that have uh, some hip and uh, hamstring imbalances, and a lot of times we've used the inner thigh machine to train one leg to get it a little bit stronger. Um, I'm obviously not an advocate of doing the inner outer thigh machine to shape the legs because I don't think it does anything as far as that goes, but those smaller muscles, yes, it will definitely help to strengthen the adductor and abductor and you need those for certain movements. So, you know, sometimes people will have their feet uh, kind of point outward too much or inward too much, and there's different tests that you can do uh, with a trainer on different machines, like a leg curl machine that'll give you that indication if you have that major imbalance, and then you might need to, to do that. So that's gonna be a place where, yeah, a machine would come in handy. Now, also kind of along that line, if your stabilizer muscles in your upper body are too weak to, to do a certain free weight exercise, you just don't have the stability to do a press, your, shoulder, your, your shoulders and arms are kind of going all over the place, and that usually happens when people are beginners, then you're going to want to focus on a machine because the machine is going to force you through the proper range of motion. And again, we go back to the fact that, hey, it's not always absolute. You want to mix it up, but if you have to pick one over the other and you're uh, an intermediate exerciser, with you know, some decent experience, then you're gonna to wanna to stick to the free weights. So beginners are, work great on the machines because the machines help teach them the proper movement and help to reinforce the movement they should be doing so that they can get stronger and strong enough to do the free weights. And you may take it for granted that you can do free weights on everything, but to be honest with you, a lot of people 
rush it and they end up not using the right form because they never learned it in the first place. So always remember your machines guide you through the range of motion, which is good for learning and maybe even good for helping to relearn if you've gotten into some bad habits. But ultimately, it's the machine's range of motion, not yours. So those stabilizer muscles, rotator cuff, um, different muscles along the knees don't get adequately trained. So that's why you definitely want to combine the two. And again, maybe cycle through one four-week time, you do all free weights, and then the next four weeks you do machines, or you do different body parts, different ways like that. Now, why should the majority of your workouts be done with free weights? Well, they give you a greater range of motion. And you know what? That greater range of motion allows your muscles to stretch, your joints to stretch and, and get accustomed to that range of motion so that you stay healthy in the joints and also helps your muscles learn how to work with each other. You, you have your push and pull with your back and chest and same thing with the quads and hamstrings. So again, always best to do that. Keep your joints real healthy, but again, machines can get you to feel the muscle sometimes. If, you, if you're working in free weights and you don't feel the right muscles, you might want to switch to a machine, use a light weight, and really try to focus on targeting that muscle. Now again, somebody who's new or maybe even new to an exercise would want to maybe practice on a machine. Now, you know, you may not be a new exerciser, but maybe you've never done flies with a dumbbell or flies at all. So get on the chest fly machine and practice through the range of motion. You know, a lot of times they're, they're upright and you can look in the mirror and say, oh, okay, my elbows are here. I'm hugging a tree. Okay, so your elbows stay point exactly where they are because you can't see that obviously when you're laying down and doing it. And if you don't have a trainer, nobody's telling you otherwise. So that would be a good way to learn an exercise you haven't done. Now your machines, you know, they mimic real world, world, blah, real world movements and so do free weights. Now a leg press can really help you learn how to feel your glutes and your quads the way that you should for a squat and maybe you don't feel them correctly, so you spend some time training on the leg press because you have to go lighter, and you could probably focus a little more on the glutes or the quads because you're not focusing on balancing. You know, with the squats, you're focusing on balancing and your posture and a whole lot of other things. With the leg press, you're just focusing on those specific muscles. So it gives you a little more time to really get some good quality feeling into those muscles. Because to be honest with you, if you're not using the proper muscle to do the work, you're not going to get the full benefit. Now, another exercise that's like that is the, um, the pull-down. A lot of people cannot do pull-ups. And you know why? A lot of the times it's because they didn't try. Um, and a lot of times because the back isn't strong enough or they don't know how to use the back muscles. And too often, they're using the shoulders when they do pull-downs in rows. So lighten up the weight. And on the lat pull down, really focus on using the muscles of the back, which means you're using the shoulder blades to pull the bar down. And of course, your lat pull down should almost always be to the front. And when they come down to the front, you're hitting the upper chest or maybe even the clavicle area. Um, hit, go to the exercise library, which is fitnessmakeover.com forward slash muscle. And you can look that up and you'll see the proper form and how you're supposed to be. Your back should be slightly arched, which is actually in your 
neutral position. Neutral is not straight up and down, okay? With the back, it's supposed to have a little bit of an arc. So check out that video um, at fitnessmakeover.com forward slash muscle for the lat pull down and see if you're doing it right. And if you're not, start doing it right and start feeling the shoulder blades doing the movement. That is how you get the back muscles to activate through the shoulder blades. So it's very important because without that, you're not gonna be able to do a pull-up. And if you can even do a half a pull-up or one or a quarter, you're actually gonna see major changes in your metabolism and in your abdominals. You'd be surprised that even how a half a rep maybe even a couple of sets of it will get you very, very sore the next day. So you know you're working a lot harder than normal. So get your motion down so you can get strong enough so that you can give those pull-ups a shot. Now the bottom line is that machines have their place and they're certainly good to use. But if you are a seasoned exerciser, then free weights are by far your best tools to build strength and burn fat. You know, ultimately it's all mix upable is that a word i don't know but anyways ultimately you have to mix things up but if you have to focus on one thing pick your free weights now here's what i want you to do i want you to think about things that you've heard that may or may not sound right maybe you think it's a myth maybe it is a myth um, and you're just not sure or maybe some fitness statement one of your friends made is very confusing to you or you just don't kind of buy that into their train of thought then go onto the Facebook page or Twitter or email me and send me these things so that just like these that were actually questions that were sent to me, I can address and let you know which is the best way to go. Because sometimes something is a myth, but it's not completely a myth. So you have to take the positives from it and what is important about it and kind of figure it out. And you only do that by asking. So let me see those on Facebook page, email, whichever way. Just some way to get them and that way we can clear the air for everybody. It's always a challenge to find some high protein healthy snacks. And here's some that you might say, I didn't even know that was an option. So I'm just gonna go through right from the get go. Now, some of them, yes, you'll have thought of, but other ones, you know, you might have to rethink. Now, the first one would be easy oatmeal raisin cookies. Now, these are easy because you really don't have to do anything to them. And I will put the uh, recipe up on the fitgirlguide.blogspot.com site. And basically, it's just some oatmeal, a little bit of a uh, little bit of brown sugar and a little bit of flour. So you go like this. You take a microwave safe bowl and you put in about a quarter cup of oats, so a teaspoon of brown sugar and a tablespoon of flour. Now this is not very much, and of course you can substitute different things. Um, one egg white, a little bit of vanilla extract, and a little teeny bit of baking powder, and of course cinnamon and raisins or nuts or you know things that you wanna put in there. And basically you're just gonna kinda mix it together, flatten it out so it kinda looks cookie shaped like in the bottom of your bowl, and microwave it on high for about 45 seconds, and that's it. So anytime you're having a little craving, you can go ahead and make one of your easy oatmeal raisin cookies. Now, the next one you probably know about, but I don't know, we'll try it anyway. Uh, that would be chocolate milk. You know, sometimes we forget that things that we think are for kids are also good for us. Now, obviously it's not gonna be a mainstay of your diet, but it is a good source of protein depending on which brand you get. And especially if you need something quick to grab for a post-workout. Now, there's all the ready to drink pre-made 
little containers uh, for things like muscle milk and EIS drinks and other ready-to-drink formulas that have proteins, carbs, and all that kind of stuff, like a meal replacement. But there's also some really good quality chocolate milks. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a couple of organic ones that are in the very similar kind of long square package that you just stick your straw and you go. You might even have given it to your kids for school lunch at some time. Um, I know I did, and I didn't even think of it as being an option for myself. So check them out. And the best thing is to find the kind that have the shelf-stable box. That way you don't have to refrigerate the whole time. And you can leave it in your bag or at work. Um, anytime you might have a, an emergency, you know, where you don't have any food and you know you're not going to have any for a while and you don't want to mess up your metabolism by skipping a meal, uh, make sure you find one that's low in sugar. And you might have to taste trial a little bit, but it's always important to have emergency snacks around when you can have them. Uh, obviously, you don't want to keep this one in your car unless it's very cold outside because nothing works well when it's in the car. Leave it in your locker if you have one at the gym. Any place that is you know, safe for anything that you're going to consume. Now, the next one, again, you may have heard of this and you may already be using it, and that's just the simple hard-boiled egg. And they're easy to make. I mean, heck, even I can do it and not screw it up. Um, so they're easy to have on hand. You can make maybe six or eight of them and then just use them when you need to. Now, eggs, you know, we used to have a, a bad rap with that, and it was considered bad because of the high cholesterol, but, you know, we know better now that it is a good source of protein, and it's also a good source of quality fats. So it makes actually a great snack, especially that midday when you're getting that lull, maybe 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, to grab two hard-boiled eggs. You're going you're to have a little bit of the fat that's going to uh, keep you satisfied until dinner time. You're going to have that protein to kind of boost your brain power. And you're also going to have the combination of food to keep yourself on track and your metabolism moving along. So no excuse for that. Keep them obviously refrigerated. And sure, you could put maybe some seasoning or something on it, but I like them just plain. Um, just so you know, they also have a good source of vitamin D and B12. And they're only, let's see, at 70, about 75 calories each. You could easily have, gosh, maybe three of them, maybe even four, and that would be a real hearty snack. And that's definitely a good idea if you're going out to go to a party or something, and you want to have a, a little bit of fullness and things, that's, things that are going to keep you away from cravings or maybe munching. Um, so definitely want to fill up on that and, you know, just peel them up, put them in a baggie, and you're good to go. So you can even find some of them if you're really desperate at uh, grocery stores. I know our local grocery store has hard-boiled eggs already done and peeled. So obviously you pay a little more for the convenience, but you know, in, in this day and age, if uh, you're pressed for time and you need it, it's good to know that you can find something like that there and ready to go for you. Now, something else you can find at the grocery store, which may not be a surprise to you at this point, is the uh, cottage cheese. Now, some of the five ounce single serving cottage cheese will have 20 grams of pro uh, good quality protein. Now, you've got Greek yogurt, you've got regular yogurt, you've got all sorts of types of yogurt to choose from, but the cottage cheese is the one you're gonna be looking for. So your non-fat cottage cheese can have, oh geez, anywhere from three to five more grams of protein than your typical Greek yogurt. So you're gonna also get a lot more calcium 
in that cottage cheese as well. Now, you may not be in love with cottage cheese. I know some people aren't. And so, yeah, go look at some of your other options. Um, but just be aware that if you're having yogurts, look at the calories, the fat, the protein, the carbs, because a lot of them outweigh the carbs to protein ratio that we're looking for, which is however amount you have for protein, you don't want to have any more than double the carbs. Okay, so check those out before you buy them and make sure your ratio is within that one to two range. So with the cottage cheese, if you like it, that's great because you know what, you're gonna have um, really good quality protein, you're gonna have that bone building calcium, um, but just keep your eye on the sodium because sometimes they're a little bit high in that and you might have to cut back on some other areas as far as your sodium intake goes, but still a nice healthy source of protein. Now here's one that I definitely think you probably didn't think was an option, because I know I didn't, and it's lentils. And I know you're thinking, lentils, what is that? Well, anyways, there are those little teeny, I guess, beans or legumes, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're not always a staple in our diet plans, but you know what, they should be, because they're really good. They're packed with protein, and they're very easy to turn into like a, a salad or a side dish. Um, and just one cup, which is pretty hearty if you've ever had lentils, has 22 grams of protein and is under 300 calories. Again, making it another great snack food, especially for that midday lull. Now, I'm not gonna get into the whole recipe here, but I did find a couple of really easy recipes for lentils that you can kind of get and go. And so I'm gonna post the links on the website because it's always good to have not just an idea, but also something to follow through with as far as you know making it practical for yourself. So I'm gonna have some more of these coming up in future episodes. So you can let me know uh, which ones you've tried, which ones you knew about, maybe didn't know about. Go ahead and post it on that Facebook page so you know we can all know if you've got some great recipes for things like this, um, share it because you know it's always great to have options and always important to know what is in your food. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.